Hey podcast friends, thanks for tuning in to MakerCast, a podcast about the inner work of creatives from all walks in all places. Morgan James Smith here, and this is episode 44. Last week on the show, I was talking about creating for the sake of creating for catharsis, for pure experience of expression and the feeling of lightness that comes from it afterwards you know having nothing to show for it upon completing that episode I was thinking a lot about my own life and trajectory as a creative as an expressor and in truth There has been an element of catharsis that has permeated um, my motivation to continue creating. But also, there's been something along the lines of wanting recognition, wanting attention, wanting affirmation for my efforts. And I've spoken about it a lot on this show. It's not a new realization. It's certainly not a secret. But the word that kept coming up for me as I reflected upon just, you know, everything from, you know, just publishing stuff, just putting stuff out there in the world, whether it's on the internet or any sort of performance, the word that just kept ringing was love. And I've had to learn a lot about love in my lifetime, about how its undercurrents work, how it connects with expression, how it can become distorted, and how really before I can give anything to another person or to to an idea or a project, I gotta be right with myself. I have to be in a state of loving communion with myself, with my spirit, with my body, with my mind. Easier said than done, I know. I feel like I'm in a better place today relating to the word love and all things love than I have been. But the growth potential is unending. So today on the show, really what I want to reflect upon is how to continue practice loving in a way that is holistic, that includes the self, that is based upon freedom and expansion. And in order to do that, I'm turning to the words, as I've done in the past on this show, of Thich Nhat Hanh, specifically reading excerpts from his book, How to Love. So for the next however long, sit back, relax, and even if the words don't immediately click, like so much of his work hasn't clicked for me, it tends to sort of sink in and seep in on a, on a deeper level that is somehow able to bypass the cognitive analytical and permeate the the senses and the spirit and hopefully the heart 
So here are some excerpts from the book How to Love by Thich Nhat Hanh. Goodwill is not enough. Your good intentions are not enough. You have to be artful. We may be filled with goodwill. We may be motivated by the desire to make the other person happy. But out of our clumsiness, we make them unhappy. Walking, eating, breathing, talking, and working are all opportunities to practice creating happiness inside you and around you. Mindful living is an art, and each of us has to train to be an artist. Heart like a river. If you pour a handful of salt into a cup of water, the water becomes undrinkable. But if you pour the salt into a river, people can continue to draw the water to cook, wash, and drink. The river is immense, and it has the capacity to receive, embrace, and transform. When our hearts are small, our understanding and compassion are limited, and we suffer. We can't accept or tolerate others and their shortcomings, and we demand that they change. But when our hearts expand, these same things don't make us suffer anymore. We have a lot of understanding and compassion and can embrace others. We accept others as they are, and then they have a chance to transform. So the big question is, how do we help our hearts grow? Feeding our love. Each of us can learn the art of nourishing happiness and love. Everything needs food to live, even love. If we don't know how to nourish our love, it withers. When we feed and support our own happiness, we are nourishing our ability to love. That's why to love means to learn the art of nourishing our happiness. Understanding is the nature of love. Understanding someone's suffering is the best gift you can give another person. Understanding is love's other name. If you don't understand, you can't love. Recognizing true love. 
True love gives us beauty, freshness, solidity, freedom, and peace. True love includes a feeling of deep joy that we are alive. If we don't feel this way when we love, then it is not true love. The Four Elements of True Love True love is made of four elements, loving-kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. In Sanskrit, these are Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, and Upeksha. If your love contains these elements, it will be healing and transforming, and it will have the element of holiness in it. True love has the power to heal and transform any situation and bring deep meaning to our lives. Loving-kindness The first element of true love is loving-kindness. The essence of loving-kindness is being able to offer happiness. You can be the sunshine for another person. You can't offer happiness until you have it for yourself. So build a home inside by accepting yourself and learning to love and heal yourself. Learn how to practice mindfulness in such a way that you can create moments of happiness and joy for your own nourishment. Then you have something to offer the other person. Compassion. The second element of true love is compassion. Compassion is the capacity to understand the suffering in oneself and in the other person. If you understand your own suffering, you can help him to understand his suffering. Understanding suffering brings compassion and relief. You can transform your own suffering and help transform the suffering of the other person with the practice of mindfulness and of looking deeply. Joy. The third element of true love is the capacity to offer joy. When you know how to generate joy, it nourishes you and nourishes the other person. Your presence is an offering, like fresh air or spring flowers, or the bright blue sky. Equanimity. The fourth element of true love is equanimity. We can also call it inclusiveness or non-discrimination. In a deep relationship, there's no longer a boundary between you and the other person. You are her, and she is you. Your suffering is her suffering. Your understanding of your own suffering helps your loved one to suffer less. Suffering and happiness are no longer individual matters. What happens to your loved one happens to you. What happens to you happens to your loved one. Be beautiful. Be yourself. If you can accept your body, then you have a chance to see your body as your home 
you can rest in your body, settle in, relax, and feel joy and ease. If you don't accept your body and your mind, you can't be at home with yourself. You have to accept yourself as you are. This is a very important practice. As you practice building a home in yourself, you become more and more beautiful. Spiritual Practice Spirituality doesn't mean a blind belief in a spiritual teaching. Spirituality is a practice that brings relief, communication, and transformation. Everyone needs a spiritual dimension in life. Without a spiritual dimension, it's very challenging to be with the daily difficulties we all encounter. With a spiritual practice, you're no longer afraid. Along with your physical body, you have a spiritual body. The practices of breathing, walking, concentration, and understanding can help you greatly in dealing with your emotions, in listening to and embracing your suffering, and in helping you to recognize and embrace the suffering of another person. If we have this capacity, then we can develop a real and lasting spiritual intimacy with ourselves and with others. Loving Communication To love without knowing how to love wounds the person we love. To know how to love someone, we have to understand them. To understand, we need to listen. That person may be our partner, our friend, our sibling, or our child. You can ask, Dear one, do you think that I understand you enough? Please tell me your difficulties, your suffering, and your deepest wishes. Then the other person has an opportunity to open their heart. Breathing to avoid an argument. Everyone knows that blaming and arguing never help, but we forget. Conscious breathing helps us to develop the ability to stop at that crucial moment, to keep ourselves from saying or doing something we'll later regret. Practice conscious breathing when things are going well with your partner so that it will be there for you when things get hard. Listening with patience. When your loved one is talking, practice listening deeply. Sometimes the other person will say something that surprises us, that is opposite of the way we see things. Allow the other person to speak freely. Don't cut your loved one off or criticize their words. When we listen deeply with all our heart for 10 minutes, half an hour, or even an hour, we will begin to see the other person more deeply and understand them better. If they say something that's incorrect, that's based on a wrong perception, we can give them a little information later on to help them correct their thinking. But right now, 
We just listen. Attention. As long as we're rejecting ourselves and causing harm to our bodies and minds, there's no point in talking about loving and accepting others. With mindfulness, we can recognize our habitual ways of thinking and the contents of our thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts run around in circles and we're engulfed in distrust, pessimism, conflict, sorrow, or jealousy. This state of mind will naturally manifest in our words and actions and cause harm to us and to others. When we shed the light of mindfulness on our habitual thought patterns, we see them clearly. Recognizing our habits and smiling to them is the practice of appropriate mental attention, which helps us create new and more beneficial neural pathways. Three helpful sentences. It's not healthy to keep anger inside for too long. If you're too upset to speak calmly, you can write a note and put it where the other person will see it. Here are three sentences that may help. First, my dear, I am suffering. I am angry and I want you to know it. The second is, I am doing my best. This means you are practicing mindful breathing and walking and that you are refraining from doing or saying anything out of anger. The third is, please help me. Memorize these sentences or write them on a small piece of paper the size of a credit card and put it in your wallet. Then when you're angry, you can take it out and you will know exactly what to do. A deep thirst. Sometimes we feel empty. We feel a vacuum, a great lack of something. We don't know the cause, it's very vague. But that feeling of being empty inside is very strong. We expect and hope for something much better so that we'll feel less alone, less empty. The desire to understand ourselves and to understand life is a deep thirst. There's also the deep thirst to be loved and to love. We are ready to love and be loved. It's very natural. But because we feel empty, we try to find an object of our love. Sometimes we haven't had the time to understand ourselves, yet we've already found the object of our love. When we realize that all our hopes and expectations, of course, can't be fulfilled by that person, we continue to feel empty. You want to find something, but you don't know what to search for. In everyone, there's a continuous desire and expectation deep inside that you still expect something better to happen. This is why you check your email many times per day. making mistakes. Since we're human beings, we make mistakes. 
We cause others to suffer. We hurt our loved ones and we feel regret. But without making mistakes, there's no way to learn. If you can learn from your mistakes, then you have already transformed garbage into flowers. Very often our mistakes come from our unskillfulness and not because we want to harm one another. I think of our behavior in terms of being more or less skillful rather than in terms of good or bad. If you are skillful, you can avoid making yourself suffer and the other person suffer. If there's something you want to tell the other person, then you have to say it, but do it skillfully in a way that leads to less rather than more suffering. Loneliness and sex. Sometimes we think that if we have sexual relations with someone, we'll feel less alone. But the truth is that sexual relations don't relieve loneliness. There's a Vietnamese poem in which the young man has the impression that he must sit very close to his beloved in order to relieve his loneliness. We have the impression that if we sit close to each other, we'll feel less alone. If we're separated by five meters, that's too far. Four meters is better. Three meters is still better. But even one millimeter is still too far. When our bodies are very close, we feel it will relieve this loneliness. But if we don't share our aspirations and what's in our hearts, then even if we live together or have children together, we can still feel very alone. Natural happiness. If you walk with true awareness of every step, without having a goal to get anywhere, happiness will arise naturally. You don't need to look for happiness. When we're in touch with the wonders of life, we become aware of the many conditions of happiness that are already there, and naturally we feel happy. The beauty around us brings us back to the present moment so we can let go of the planning and the worries that preoccupy us. When you look at the person you love, if he is absorbed in anxiety, you can help him get out. Darling, do you see the sun? Do you see the signs that spring is coming? This is mindfulness. We become aware of what is happening now, and we are in touch with the conditions of happiness that are there inside us and all around us. Love as an offering. To love is not to possess the other person or to consume all their attention and love. To love is to offer the other person joy and a balm for their suffering. This capacity is what we have to learn to cultivate. Shining the light. When we love someone, we should look deeply into the nature of that love. If we want to be with someone so that we can feel safe, that's understandable, but it's not true love. True love doesn't foster suffering or attachment. On the contrary, 
It brings well-being to ourselves and to others. True love is generated from within. For true love to be there, you need to feel complete in yourself, not needing something from outside. True love is like the sun, shining with its own light and offering that light to everyone. This episode of MakerCast was recorded onto a little microphone that I plug into the lightning port of my phone and produced, which means me and my laptop with my feet up in my laundry room, in beautiful, although I can't see it right now, Bend, Oregon. If you'd like to support the ongoing creation of this podcast, tell a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Music for this episode can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And I'm already looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.